Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. I'll now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together, we can make a difference. Look who jumped 40 school buses and landed back into my life. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama, episode 144, Toy Story 4. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And whether you are a regular returning listener or a brand new listener to this podcast, welcome to Verbal Diorama. Thank you so much for being here. No matter how you found this podcast, if you were recommended it by a friend or if you found a link online or however, I'm so glad that you're here because... This is the episode that's rounding out animation season 2022. This is the third annual animation season. It's something that I love to do. I love to talk about animated movies and mainly to reiterate the point that animation is not a genre and it's also not just for children. During animation season 2022, this has actually been the biggest one that I've ever done on purpose. (laughs) I did this on purpose. So the movies that we've had this animation season, we've had The Transformers, the movie from 1986, Wolf Walkers, Corpse Bride, The Prince of Egypt, Grave of the Fireflies, Anastasia, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Toy Story 3. And then, you know when you think something's finished, but they sneak one more sequel in? Yeah, so that's what's happening here too. So you thought it was all over with Toy Story 3. But I'm slipping Toy Story 4 in just because that's what Pixar does. So just to explain, this episode is a NaNoWriMo episode. And what that means is it's a slightly shorter episode than usual. They are released on the last Monday of the month and they are technically a bonus episode to the rest of the episodes. Hopefully what that also means is that you will still find it just as enjoyable as some of the slightly longer episodes. But I just like to get these episodes in. And I really wanted to cover Toy Story 4 because I'm not the biggest fan of Toy Story 4. I kind of didn't want to do a full episode on it. And I know that sounds really mean, but I wanted to do it and I didn't want to devote a full episode to it. And so that's why these NaNoWriMo episodes 
are actually kind of good for me is that I can talk about movies that maybe don't warrant a full episode, in my opinion, but that I still actually want to talk about. And so the 12th movie this animation season, the final movie of animation season 2022, is Toy Story 4. Mostly because it felt right to finish the story of Toy Story, but also because Keanu Reeves is in this one, so it finally makes my obligatory Keanu reference easy for a change. Here's the trailer for Toy Story 4. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. <gasps> He's a spook. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. <gasps> Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Alive. You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. Oh. Bo? Forky, come on. Bo? Bo? Hi there. My name is Gabby Gabby. We can't stay. <laughs> yes, you can. Boy. Woody, ah! behind you! What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? We have to find them. What do we do, Buzz? What would Woody do? Jump out of a moving vehicle. Let's go. Hey, you gotta go, you gotta go. If you should ever leave me. You've handled this lost toy life better than I could. Open your eyes, Woody. There's plenty of kids out there. Sometimes change can be good. You can't teach this old toy new tricks. You'd be surprised. Bonnie? We're going home, Forky. Bonnie, I'm coming! On my way, Woody! To infinity and beyond! Kids lose their toys every day. I was made to help a child. I don't remember it being this hard. Woody, somebody's whispering in your ear. Everything's gonna be okay. When Bonnie makes a new friend, literally at her first day of kindergarten orientation, Woody and the gang don't quite know what to make of Forky a sentient spork with googly eyes and pipe cleaner arms. And all Forky wants to do is go in the bin. When Bonnie and her parents go on a road trip, all the toys go along, including new toy Forky, who's convinced he's trash and doesn't yet understand his role in the world. Along the way, Woody is unexpectedly reunited with independent spirit Bo Peep and finds himself faced with a decision and a future he never imagined. Let's quickly run through the cast of this movie. We have Tom Hanks returning as Woody. Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, Annie Potts as Bo Peep, Joan Cusack as Jessie, Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom, Christina Hendricks as Gabby Gabby, Tony Hale as Forky, Ali Mackie as Giggle McDimples, Keegan-Michael Key as Ducky, Jordan Peele as Bunny, 
Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head and obviously Don Rickles unfortunately passed away so this is archival recordings only. Blake Clark as Slinky Dog, Wallace Shawn as Rex, John Ratzenberger as Ham, Estelle Harris as Mrs. Potato Head and Madeline McGraw as Bonnie. Cameos in this movie, there's so many cameos in this movie, Mel Brooks as Melephant Brooks, Carol Burnett as Cheryl Burnett, Betty White as Boity White and Carl Reiner as Carl Reinerosaurus, of course. Toy Story 4 has a screenplay by Andrew Stanton and Stephanie Folsom. Story by John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, Josh Cooley, Valerie Lapointe, Rashida Jones, Will McCormick, Martin Hines and Stephanie Folsom and is directed by Josh Cooley. I'm going to start this by saying that Toy Story 4 is probably one of Pixar's most beautiful movies. The animation here is almost photorealistic. And as a documentary on how CG animation has evolved, the level of detail here is astonishing. Look at background and foreground objects like grass, dust, rain and cats. Down to ageing on the toys themselves. It's an astonishing piece of work. Truly outstanding on every level. I can't say that it's not. But this is and always will be my least favourite Toy Story movie. Because it feels so out of place in the lore of Toy Story. And yet when it came to what to feature for the final movie of animation season, it just kind of made sense to finish Toy Story. Because this isn't a bad movie, it's not even mediocre. I think its problem is it suffers from being good instead of great. And when it came to the conception of Toy Story 4, rumours of a fourth movie started almost immediately after Toy Story 3's release, with director Leon Critch disputing them. Basically, they'd finished the perfect trilogy, so Woody and Buzz could always make an appearance in future, but he cemented the fact that Pixar had no plans for a Toy Story 4. Publicly, that was the official line, but privately, discussions were being held for the potential for a sequel. Even Tom Hanks commented in 2011 that he believed Toy Story 4 was being worked on in an interview with the BBC during the release of his movie Larry Crown. Still, as far as what Disney and Pixar were announcing publicly, there was no Toy Story 4. Disney dismissed rumours of a 2015 release date in 2013, but in 2014 would confirm Toy Story 4 during an investor's call with John Lasseter scheduled to direct from a treatment by Andrew Stanton with input from Pete Doctor and Lee Unkrich. Rashida Jones and Will McCormick joined as writers and the official Disney line was that this was a passion project for the team and that it would not be a continuation of the existing story but instead a spin-off, a love story, a Pixar romantic comedy. And make no mistake, this project was super secret even within the walls of Disney and Pixar. Pixar president Jim Boris wasn't aware of it until the treatment was finished and neither was Ed Catmull, the president of Walt Disney and Pixar. Perhaps so that if it didn't work, they could remove it without having the ire of the bigwigs. You don't want to announce a third sequel to your most prestigious franchise, <clears throat> sorry Cars, only to backtrack to your bosses and investors. Josh Cooley was announced as a co-director in March 2015 and would confirm that Toy Story 4 was being considered even before Toy Story 3 was released, but no one outside of the core team of Stanton, Doctor and Unkrich actually knew anything about it. And then when people did find out, the immediate question, which most of us have asked, to be honest, was, why? And it was Woody that was the answer. Now that Andy was grown up at college, Andy had passed his beloved toys to young Bonnie. But there was a bow-peeped shaped hole in Woody. And when you have sentient toys who feel and express and love, 
then surely there's more to their lives than just being a toy. Or at least that was the question they were asking themselves. John Lasseter would step down as co-director, citing other commitments in 2017, leaving Josh Cooley as the sole director in his directorial debut, which honestly must have been an incredible honour for him, but also comes with quite considerable pressure as well. Cooley had worked at Pixar since 2004. He worked as an uncredited story artist on The Incredibles, a credited story artist on Cars, Ratatouille and Up, additional story supervisor for Cars 2 and story supervisor for Inside Out. He's actually next going to direct an untitled Transformers prequel film in 2024, which we can only hope is more like Bumblebee than anything else in that live-action franchise. Original writers Rashida Jones and Will McCormick departed the project in November 2017, and Stephanie Folsom, who, if you are a regular listener of this podcast, you'll remember was denied a writing credit for Thor Ragnarok. That's in episode 130 of this podcast. And she was hired to replace Rashida Jones and Will McCormick. So Jones and McCormick would cite philosophical differences as the reason for their departure. But Rashida Jones would later say that she felt that Pixar had a culture where women and people of colour do not have an equal creative voice. She felt they were stifling minority voices and therefore didn't feel she could remain working for Pixar when their creative ideas were so different. And obviously, if you don't know who Rashida Jones is, she's the daughter of Peggy Lipton and Quincy Jones, most famous probably for her role of Karen in The Office and as Anne on Parks and Recreation. Pixar have never had a great track history with female directors or women of colour, for that matter. Brenda Chapman was their first female director. She was a co-director on 2012's Brave. I've mentioned Brenda Chapman actually a lot this animation season. She was one of the directors of The Prince of Egypt. She was a story artist on The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Jones and McCormick would retain their story credits, but when Stephanie Folsom was hired, she effectively rewrote 75% of Jones and McCormick's script. It's worth noting that Rashida Jones has denied all allegations that an unwanted advance from John Lasseter is the reason she left the project. And obviously, I'm not going to go into the John Lasseter thing in great detail, but he made several unwanted sexual advances to women while he was working at Pixar. And so he took a, in inverted commas, leave of absence because of it. This year, a Pixar movie is coming out. It's called Turning Red, and that is directed by Domi Shi. And she is the first woman of colour to direct a Pixar feature. It's taken a long time for Pixar's culture to change, but it finally looks like it actually might be changing, which is really, really positive stuff. And honestly, Turning Red looks absolutely terrific, and I'm really looking forward to watching that. After being absent from Toy Story 3, Annie Potts would be returning as Bo Peep, but clearly the idea behind the scenes had changed. And even Annie Potts herself would confirm that she recorded several different pieces of dialogue. And she was actually quite surprised that she was in the movie as much as she was because she didn't actually realise that Bo Peep's involvement had been improved over the several years that she was recording for this movie. Toy Story 4 was now a continuation of the story of Toy Story 3, with Andy's toys still living with Bonnie, but with Bonnie instead creating a new toy, Forky, and Forky was born of a child's ability to make anything into a toy. And this was the creative process behind the idea of Forky. If a cardboard box can become a rocket ship and a rock can become a pet, the creative team knew that Forky would be an interesting philosophical debate on what actually constitutes a toy. And what does it actually mean to be a toy? This would be a utensil's existential crisis. And this is what tempted Tony Hale to sign up to voice Forky. 
also new to the cast was, of course, Keanu Reeves, which makes his character Duke Kaboom canon to the franchise and has helped with many obligatory Keanu references in the past. Reeves was contacted directly by Pixar to voice the character, who is, of course, a play on Evil Knievel. In fact, Evil Knievel's son and his estate would lose a lawsuit against Disney and Pixar filed in September 2020, claiming that Pixar used Knievel's likeness without permission. The lawsuit ruled in Pixar's favour, with the judge dismissing the case as the Duke Kaboom character has a different name and clothing is Canadian rather than American and has a moustache and different hair colour and style than Knievel. And as I mentioned, this movie is stunning. Real care and attention went into the design of this movie, including taking reference photos of toys interacting with other objects in the real world. Character models were finished with the same textures, finishings and tints they'd have in real life. 10,000 items filled the antique shop, many of them Pixar Easter eggs. The carnival games were given a shabby kind of travelling carnival look, including warped metal bars and rust. If you look really closely at the characters, Woody's clothing is starting to look frayed. There are smudges of dirt on his hands and chin. Buzz has scratches on his plastic body and the stickers are starting to peel and bubble. Felt pokes out of Jessie's hat and Gabby's shoes are scuffed from her specific style of walking. And speaking of Gabby, she was originally going to be blonde, but it was actually cheaper to animate red hair than it is blonde hair. Each strand of her hair was individually animated by Pixar's physics-based simulators and blonde hair took five times longer to render because of the way blonde hair reacts with light. Because of this, Gabby was turned into a redhead, just like her voice actress Christina Hendricks. When it came to Ducky and Bunny, it turns out that fluorescent yellow is even more expensive to animate than blonde hair. But the animation team fought for Ducky to remain fluorescent yellow, despite the cost. The level of detail in their fur is miles ahead of the one million hairs in Sully's fur in Monsters, Inc. In fact, the level of detail in the surroundings in this movie is just mind-blowingly impressive. We're talking six billion individual leaves, over a trillion pine needles, 50 million individual dust fibres. I mean, these are numbers that you just, well, you couldn't think that six billion leaves could exist on screen. But it does, and it is, and it's incredible. In fact, I can't express enough in a shorter Nanorama episode how incredible this animation work actually is. Even the lighting is incredible. But even then, Pixar intentionally broke its own lighting system to show, in a carnival scene, you have multiple areas of illumination from different lights in night. 3% of Pixar's lights were purposely blown to show an additional level of realism. Because I don't know if you've ever been to a fair or a carnival, not every bulb is working often. So it's just levels of detail that are above and beyond on this movie. It took 325 hours to render a single frame on four cores. And one of the most fascinating facts about this movie which blows my mind completely, is in the antique shop, there's lots of dust and there's a lot of cobwebs. And those cobwebs, they weren't actually designed by people. So what they did was they actually created some AI spiders in a program called Houdini. And so the cobwebs were actually woven by these spiders sent into corners of the antique shop to weave individual webs. It's just, honestly, mind-blowing stuff. And while the ending to this movie, in my opinion, doesn't actually fit in with the Woody we've grown to love over 24 years, there was an alternate ending where Bo isn't really happy being a lost toy. She's basically learned to accept it. But there's a kid that comes in and out of her life who's special to her. And in this alternate ending, Bo sees this child again, realises they have a special bond and that Bo doesn't want to be lost anymore. 
This means saying a heartfelt goodbye to Woody and splitting ways again when she goes to be with the child. Bo gets to be with her child. Woody meets up with Bonnie again, who happily accepts him, even though he no longer has his voice box, which, by the way, how scary is that scene? <laughs> how scary is everything in the antique shop with the dummies? But generally, when Woody gets his voice box ripped out, how terrifying is that? But basically, in this alternate scene, Bonnie accepts him and all is well once more. And if you're wondering, can I get an obligatory Keanu reference in this episode? Well, literally, all I have to say to you is, yes, I, Canada! Toy Story 4 premiered on the 11th of June 2019 at the El Capitan Theatre in Los Angeles. The film was originally scheduled for release on the 16th of June 2017. It was then pushed back to the 15th of June 2018 and then again to the 21st of June 2019. The 21st of June 2019 date actually previously belonged to Incredibles 2. And basically what happened is those release dates got switched. So Incredibles 2 was put forward and Toy Story 4 was put back. Incredibles 2 received Toy Story 4's 15th of June 2018 slot instead. After the release of Incredibles 2, Brad Bird would acknowledge that the truncated production schedule of Incredibles 2 due to this switch resulted in plot lines and ideas that he had for Incredibles 2 being cut. Because essentially that movie lost a year's production for Toy Story 4 to gain a year of production. And obviously, if you look at this movie, this movie looks incredibly expensive. And it was incredibly expensive. This movie cost $200 million, but it would gross $434 million in the US and Canada and $639.4 million elsewhere for a worldwide gross of $1.073 billion. And it was the eighth highest grossing film of 2019. Critical praise for the movie would also follow, as well as awards, including a Best Animated Feature Oscar and a Razzie Redeemer Award for Keanu Reeves. I mean, how that man got a Razzie in the first place, I don't know, but at least he has now been redeemed by the Razzies. It would also receive Best Animated Film BAFTA and Golden Globe nominations, but would lose out to Klaus and Missing Link, respectively. And I've done an episode on Klaus. I adore Klaus. It is one of the most wonderful movies. It's a great Christmas movie, but it's also a great movie in its own right. That also has its own Nanorama episode, which is episode 132, because... That came out just before Christmas. And would you believe a fifth Toy Story has not been ruled out? Producer Mark Nielsen confirmed Pixar were going to focus on original films instead of sequels going forward. But basically, when it comes to Toy Story, nothing is off the table. Tom Hanks, though, has said that Toy Story 4 is the final instalment of the franchise. And, well, I guess Woody would know. Now, I've always been reasonably vocal that Toy Story 4 is not my favourite Toy Story. In fact, I would guess it's not many people's favourite Toy Story. And yet doing this episode and looking into the remarkable amount of work and detail actually does make me like it that little bit more. I don't like the story as much as I like the animation, but then I'm an animation nerd, so that does actually kind of make sense. There's a lot of brilliant stuff here, but I never liked that Woody's fundamental belief changes so quickly, that his love for Molly's lamp was anything other than just a sweet crush. And also, I never knew porcelain was so durable and unbreakable. The technical achievement here is astonishing and undoubtable. This movie has some beautiful shots, some lovely new characters. I have a huge fondness for Ducky and Bunny, and I would love to see a spin-off where they just randomly attack people. And I don't even mind Forky, even though his mere existence asks more questions about this world than it actually answers. And let's be honest, we've all got so many questions already about this world 
and the logistics of toys and how it all works and the philosophical debate. There's so much to think about when you think of the Toy Story universe. And then when you add the existence of Forky in as well, it's just too much. Toy Story is the perfect trilogy with another movie tagged on. Toy Story 4 isn't an embarrassment or a dud. It's just really hard to live up to perfection. To me, the story lets this down, but as a passing of the torch story, I guess it just about works. It doesn't undo the fact that Toy Story 3 has a perfect ending. It's just more of a feature-length post-credit sequence to me. But let's be honest, I'm really only here for Keanu. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on Toy Story 4. And a huge thank you to everyone who has listened to Animation Season 2022 in general. I would love to hear your thoughts on the season as a whole as well. Let me know what you thought. Is there anything that you want me to look at potentially covering next animation season? I've got a couple of ideas already, but I'm always open to suggestions. So feel free to get involved. Feel free to leave a rating or review if you want to. If you've enjoyed these episodes, you can also retweet and like posts on social media. I am at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd. But the easiest thing you can do is if you like this podcast and if you like what I've covered, then just tell your friends or family. And if you do like the Toy Story franchise, well, now I've covered all of them. So you might also like episode 50 on Toy Story, episode 112 on Toy Story 2 and episode 143 on Toy Story 3. Listen to the whole quadrilogy. Why not? Next episode, animation season is over. So I'm going to be going back to some live action output and I'm going to be going to a romantic comedy of all things, because one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time is My Best Friend's Wedding. I think it's wonderful. So please join me next week for my best friend's wedding. A huge thank you, as always, to the patrons of Verbal Diorama. I could not do this show without their support. Simon E, Sade, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Vern, Kristin, Kat, Andy, Mike, Griff, Luke, Emily, Michael, Scott, Mark, Brendan, Ian M, Lisa, Sam, Will, Jack, Dave, Chris, Stuart, Ian D and Jason. I have a brand new merch store. It's verbaldiorama.com slash merch. It's all based on the mummy at the moment, but I'm going to be doing a new collection. I'm just thinking of some ideas for a new collection of t-shirts. If you want to get in touch, it's verbaldiorama at gmail.com or my website, verbaldiorama.com. And as always, I write stuff for film stories. So check out filmstories.co.uk for all the bits and pieces that I write. And finally, be who I am right now. Who's the Canuck with all the luck? Kaboom. Who's the greatest of the great white north? Kaboom. Who's the most spectacular daredevil Canada has ever seen? Duke Kaboom. Can you do the jump? Yes, I Canada. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bye. Movie